And we're live. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting, thrilling episode of React 30, the podcast all about React and JavaScript, where we promise not to waste more than 30 minutes of your time. Uh, I am your co-host, Michael Jackson. Joining me today is uh, our co-host, Kent C. Dodds. Hello. And Ryan P. Florence. Hello from Salt Lake City. And our special guest. All right, we we gotta hang out, Ryan. Uh, that like threw things off. <laughs> oh, you guys didn't even realize you were in the same city right now. Nope. Well, Ryan is kind of a maverick. You never know where he's gonna be. Not lately, anyway. And uh, joining us today is our special guest. Uh, he he's, uh, works at Airbnb. He is not working from home, although he looks like he's working from home. He's actually working from the Airbnb offices. Leland Richardson. Say hi, Leland. Hello. Just wanted to uh, say thank you so much for joining us today. Leland is the creator of Enzyme. Uh, which is uh, this kind of cool jQuery-esque testing library. Uh, it's kind of a kind of a, a helper library for uh, for React applications. It knows how to traverse your um, your React DOM or your React component hierarchy, kind of like jQuery knows how to how to traverse the DOM. So um, so let's get right down to it. Um, so Leland, when you were um, when you were making uh, Enzyme, what was I guess what was the uh, what was the inspiration? Um, yeah, it was actually it was like the first thing I made when I was at Airbnb. Um, the the second I got on a team, I, I started working on a on a project, um, refactoring a page into React, and um, <coughs> one of one of the explicit goals of the project was to uh, ensure that the the new code had. Um, really good test coverage, and so the second I, I sort of started trying to do that, uh, I got miserably frustrated. Um, for for a lot of different reasons, a lot of which uh, had had some to do with um, the the structure of code in our code base, but uh, also just actually asserting on on things uh, React related was was very difficult. Um, so I, I kind of just had this idea to uh, make things a little bit simpler to, to grab elements in the hierarchy and not nest uh, or not not couple your tests to like the structure of of your components and things like that. And the the first version was uh, much useful than than the one now. Um, the big change which came in um, our internal version 2.0, which uh, was not does not correspond to 2.0 um, of Enzyme, but uh, the internal version is when when I turned it into a, a fluent interface similar to, to jQuery, uh, which made it a lot lot more useful um, to chain operations and things like that. So the the specific use case that you were trying to solve was. You you were refactoring a page, um, you were writing some tests, and then you were trying to make assertions about sort of the structure of your your page or you know the thing the stuff that you were rendering, and you were like, man, this is difficult. I can make this a lot easier uh, if I had if I had a helper. If 
I had a tool to help me with this. Yeah, I, um, I so noticed. What, is that um, kind of is that kind of the is that kind of the the limit of the scope of enzyme because on on the tin it says testing utilities or something something for React so is that kind of the scope of it? Uh, yeah, I mean right now it's it's considered um, you know uh, something to help you uh, test your React components and and it's it's fairly well coupled to to React itself. Um, there are kind of three different modes that we sort of export, um, which is shallow, render, and mount, which uh, mount is kind of like full DOM rendering. It's it's like a, a running re react.render into uh, render into document um, with React test utils. And uh, shallow is using the, the shallow render, uh, which is what we recommend. And then um, render is kind of rendering things to HTML and then parsing the HTML and, and allowing you to assert on that. Uh, so that, that one's fairly um, separate from React, but, but the rest are pretty coupled. So, so you've got a couple of different modes here. Um, shallow rendering, is that the same kind of shallow rendering that we could expect from like React's test utils? That's the same kind of thing. It's, it's not actually... You, you don't ever actually get appended to a real uh, DOM node in, in a real in a real browser. Is that that so that that terminology is the same? Right. And then yeah, and you, you're only ever calling. Is... Go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say with shallow, you're you're only ever rendering uh, a single component. So you're um, you're calling one render method, and so you're just taking a slice of the of the full render tree. In that case, but could you talk about some of the yeah. trade-offs with uh, with that approach? Like, why would I use a shallow rendering versus a full DOM or just the render? Right. Um, so the the main thing is that when when you want to test components, you kind of want to make sure that that you're uh, testing things in an isolated way, and so um, it, it's kind of tricky at first to to know what what the right thing to assert on is. If you're if you're testing some sort of leaf node component that uh, is is kind of rendering out like uh, pure H or like uh, native DOM components, then that's one thing. But once you once you build up a very large kind of component hierarchy um, and you're testing some like kind of high level abstraction component, you want to make sure that what it's actually rendering underneath is kind of not really uh, exposed in this test. And so shallow rendering allows you to kind of isolate what you're asserting on to kind of what that component actually does and not what its child components do. So actually, this is kind of interesting. Be uh, before the show, and actually ever, ever since uh, shallow rendering was kind of a thing in testing, um, I tried it out and I was like, ah, oh, this just feels like such an implementation detail thing. And I think you can get like tied up into that, if you, especially if you have uh, lots of uh, like private components within like that you have scoped to uh, the component that you're testing. I think that you can start getting into testing implementation details. But um, in like even our just really short conversation, I've been thinking that. It actually does make sense, and I have an app right uh, that I'm working on on the side right now, where it, um, as you go up higher 
on the component tree, you start using a lot of different components, and like the higher you go, the less uh, useful it is to actually, or, or the less possible it is to actually unit test that uh, component. What you're actually doing, if you do like a full DOM render, is you're you're doing an integration test. Um, right. And so it seems to me like shallow rendering is is the way that you could accomplish an actual unit test um, in like in these higher um, like these things that are higher up the component tree. Yeah, I think the idea is yeah. that uh, you those child components they should have their own unit tests. So there's no point in rendering those when you're testing a parent component that renders one of the children, right? Yeah. Uh, so actually, maybe you can answer this for me then. So I'll often um, I'll have my component split up into multiple like private components, um, and so just like when you have a you know React components, it's just a function, and so um, just like in regular JavaScript, if you have a long function, you want to break up pieces of those into other functions. But with the shallow rendering, if you do that, then um, those pieces that you've broken out are now um, not rendered, even though they're really like an integral part of this component that you're exporting. Um, so is there a way to get around that with shallow rendering? Can I say, I want to render like these components, or like how, how would you handle that kind of a scenario? Oh, still still render these children, but not those ones? Is that kind of what yeah. you're saying? Like, <laughs> like, you have, of, yeah. yeah, that's like child favoritism right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, th this is a this is a very real problem, uh, especially with um, uh, stateless functional components. Which, uh, according to our style guide, we we allow in the same file as as another component, and so we we started using which these uh, fairly heavily. Right. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it's it, you know, it's 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 just a a nice clean way to stay dry. Um, and so, you know, we're all very much in favor of that, but it, it does uh, kind of produce a dilemma where um, it, it makes testing that, that component a little bit more difficult. Um, and so one, one idea that, that I have that uh, I haven't uh, implemented yet, but um, there's, there's a new JSON renderer that uh, React, React Core has put out, um, kind of experimental, but... Uh, what what I'd like to do is is build a renderer into Enzyme um, that actually kind of allows what what you guys were suggesting, which which is to uh, have, have several different options that you can pass in to configure uh, what depths you you want to render to and um, kind of selective depth depending on on what uh, what actual component it is you're rendering. And so you could um, you could give it you know four components or something and say I want you to, to continue rendering these when you run upon them, but every other component, um, you know, kind of stop there in the tree and treat it like a, uh, like a leaf node component. Um, and I think that would work really, really well, uh, but I, I just haven't gotten around to doing it yet. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Uh, I kind of I like that idea. I could envision, um, you know, exporting uh, like a test object or something that's like you only use this for tests, and that would have all the like the private components um, that you could say, okay, I want I want you to render these child components, you know, that are in this test object or something like that. You know, that gets really tricky though, because now like you're refactoring a component, and you're like, okay, here's here's a list, here's a UL in the middle of this thing. And I'm going to mm -hmm. pull that out into its own little component, and now your test breaks. Yeah. Um, and like th those are the tests that drive me nuts. Like they're breaking, 
even though I'm not actually changing what my app does. And this is this is one of the reasons I've always avoided like all of the test utilities, even React. The only one I use is uh, Simulate. Uh, everything else I just render into a real node or to a string. Because uh, yeah. I hate it when my test breaks just because I'm refactoring some stuff. It's like, well, yeah. why is that breaking? I, that's what I like generally would do too. I'd always have like a, a handful of utility methods at the bottom of every one of my um, my test files, but I thought that was better than um, like giving up the, you know, like exactly what you're describing. Um, one other thing, Leland, that you mentioned that I I think it would be important to touch on, and it's not exactly related, but it's tangential. But it's something that I've been thinking about recently. Is uh, you mentioned it's good to have these private components um, because it's like a good way to, to stay dry and, and I agree um, uh, but in addition it's it's a lot more than just dryness it's uh, these stateless components are good to help with readability as well and so like because th there's a lot of um, I, I don't know FUD that goes around with uh, people trying to stay dry um, with their um, like components and people say oh like the wrong or yeah, like no abstraction is better than the wrong abstraction, and like don't try to do you know dry too early and stuff. You're gonna wind up with a real problem, and so they use that to say um, like don't use stateless functional components everywhere. But it's really just about code organization um, and and maintainability and readability. So anyway, that was like totally tangential, but um, I thought it was important to to say like. Stateless functional components are awesome, um, and we should be using them for readability. I like stateless ones better, or stateful ones better. <laughs> uh, Leland, I got a I got a question for you. Um, uh -huh. How do you uh, how do you handle testing focus with Enzyme? Is is that in scope or is that out of scope? Yeah, right now um, focus is is very much kind of like a DOM paradigm, and and so. It, when you're when you're testing things shallowly, at least um, there's kind of no concept of it. Uh, you know, the focus also is like very dependent on global state inside of a browser. One thing can be focused at, at a time, and so um, it's also something that that's difficult to kind of test with uh, with certainty if you're not testing kind of your entire app. Um, with, with that said, uh, you can still Render a component into uh, you know a real document um, with uh, with Enzyme and and still use kind of the um, you know the nice helpful uh, traversal things and, and stuff and and run your tests. You're just doing full DOM rendering at that point. Cool. And then I gotcha. And so then you can use the nice selectors and stuff to be like, hey, go find the button or not the button. Go find the list. Is this thing focused now? After we click that button, that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah, and it's cool. also it's easier to kind of simulate things. Um, there's some helpers with Enzyme. It's actually one area that that uh, you know I think really needs to improve is uh, the simulation of kind of realistic uh, events. Like one one big problem is if you want to test like a you know like a drag and drop library, um, it's incredibly difficult because there, there's so many events that you would need to end up simulating in that case, um, you know, in order it's to really, to really know what's going on. And the events are really weird-looking objects as well with all the data transfer and all that stuff. Yeah, if you're dragging right. files and stuff. Uh, so does, that, does Enzyme have a different simulate than... 
I guess I don't know. Does en Enzyme use its own simulate, or are you using the React add-ons one? <coughs> yeah, well, so the React add-ons one um, is actually only only built for, uh, like, full, fully rendered components, but we have kind of our own simulate that's built on top of uh, Shallow. And um, there's actually, there's been some recent development in this um, that I th think is really great. We've... Um, We've added kind of experimental support for, for all lifecycle events that you can opt into if you want, um, like component did mount, component did update, and things like that. Uh, and then it also ensures that, that like state is um, batched and, and rendered properly, uh, which is kind of handled different depending on which lifecycle event you're in. Um, and so then the, the actual simulation of events um, with shallow now, it, it tries to do the right thing and and kind of bubbles properly and, and things like that, uh, which didn't didn't used to happen when I first wrote it. It was kind of a simulate was sort of just a an alias for you know net prototype call. So <laughs> wasn't uh, actually doing that much. Interesting. Um, I I have a faint memory of. Someone on the React core team saying saying something about like they want to ditch their all their test utilities and maybe just use Enzyme. Am I just making that up, or is is there some conversation going on there? Yeah, no, you're not making that up. We we've been talking about it for for a little while. Um, I I think bottom line the the React core team is um, you know interested in other 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 people other companies you know kind of getting involved but um, more importantly involved they don't actually themselves care all that much about um, and I, I think React test utils is something that that uh, you know hasn't hasn't seen a, a ton of attention um, you know over over the past couple of years and um, so the the community is kind of uh, starting to use Enzyme pretty heavily, and and I think the React core team has you know um, is interested in uh, kind of letting that burden fall off of their plate. So uh, I was I was reading around. We were talking a little bit about kind of this custom simulate that that you guys have written on top of um, on top of your shallow renderer. Um, and I noticed one of the caveats is that event propagation is not supported yet. Um, I can imagine that that um, that would actually be kind of tricky to uh, to implement. You know, it, whenever I find myself re-implementing stuff that browsers actually do, um, <laughs> which I've, I've actually been doing quite a bit in the last last week or so with my history library taking another hard look at that it's it, you realize that there's actually kind of a lot more going on there than you originally thought so <laughs> could you could you could you talk a little bit about kind of um, you know what it might take um, to actually support uh, you know propagation um, event dot stop propagation things like that um, in Enzyme, and what are kind of what are the blockers there? Is it because of the implementation uh, that you guys currently have, or is it just because it's a hard problem and you just haven't had time uh, to address it? Um, so there, there are some some people trying to work on this. There's, uh, I think, there's a PR out there right now, um, and uh, the yeah, the, the the main hesitation, as you point out, is is um, 
you, you know, you're implementing some things that, that can get quite hairy. Uh, and and so we want to make sure that if we if we do ever start supporting it, that um, the the functionality that we're supporting is kind of the correct functionality instead of some slightly wrong functionality that later uh, makes it harder for us to make it more correct because people are depending on the on the nuance of the incorrect implementation. Absolutely. Um, so th this is this is something that that like we're we're interested in supporting, but you know being careful. Um, it's also something that, like that like everyone has to realize is that we don't have uh, we don't have all of the information, right? So when we're uh, light just went off. Um, <laughs> you can see me. Uh, so if we're testing like something in the context of like enzyme shallow rendering, um, we really don't know uh, and intentionally don't know what the rest of the document looks like. Um, and that includes every every component, uh, you know, up the hierarchy that would have a, a chance to uh, stop propagation and, and things like this. And so, uh, asserting on this of type of, of behavior, the shallow rendering, right? Is that's yeah. kind of the point of shallow rendering? Is I'm, I'm just going to isolate my test to just these, you know, just the render output of this one component, right? Right. So, yeah. So, so propagation in that context is probably not a terribly useful feature. You probably would want to say, hey, if you're gonna, if you need propagation, right? If I have a component somewhere in the hierarchy that calls event dot stop propagation or whatever, and I need to sort of test that behavior. Um, I could just, for that one test, maybe I could opt into the full mount, uh, you know, ver I guess version or, or, you know, method of using Enzyme. That, is, that, is that possible to just sort of say, okay, I want to do shallow rendering for these 99 tests, and for this test over here, I want to do the full mounted version. Yeah, absolutely, and, and I mean we we uh, we we mix and match uh, depending on the needs um, for for lots of things. But even even in that case, uh, the problem with propagation is that um, what the things that can affect your component are are actually up in the tree rather than down the tree. Um, and so when you have some component and you want to you know fully right. fully render it, um, you can't unless you know. All of the places that are mounting that component in your application, you can't really uh, know for certain that that you're not doing something wrong. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay, cool. So, um, just looking at more kind of the, um, uh, I see you've got a, a section on the enzyme repo where you're talking about um, future work. Um, you say currently we're not supporting, we don't support um, hierarchical CSS selectors. Um, so again, that though that's probably not something that's, I mean, all of these things are probably not terribly useful in that you know 99% of the time you're doing the shallow rendering, um, but sometimes it might might be useful, right? To if you've got really complex CSS selectors. I guess most, it, it, you've got a lot of people in React these days who aren't even using CSS selectors, right? <laughs> so you probably got this whole section of, of, you know, user base that's, they're like, I don't care about that. Um, what about what about you guys at Airbnb? What are you guys doing? Are you guys, uh, are you guys following the inline CSS crowd or? Um, yeah, it's a tricky question. Uh, actually, so our main, um, 
our main repo right now, we we uh, we try to head towards uh, BEM style CSS. Um, uh, although I'm 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 not personally a fan of you know kind of how the the developer experience, but um, you know I think the idea is, is is correct in that you're you're writing componentized CSS effectively. But um, I, I'm personally a you know a fan of of the CSS and JS kind of movement going on. Um, we we are experimenting with some other uh, libraries um, in a uh, in a component library that we're we're building internally. Uh, we're using Aphrodite, uh, which is built by Khan Academy, and um, uh, it, it is kind of a, a CSS and JS variant that that so far has been working out reasonably well. I think it's all that Kent talks about. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I I freaking love Aphrodite. It's awesome. <laughs> so Speaking actually, I well, uh, just uh, just as kind of FYI, we've got uh, just about five minutes, and I have a, a kind of technical question. You know, we like to dive deep here at React Thirty. Um, so you have these three um, main uses of uh, enzyme shallow rendering, um, full DOM rendering uh, with mount and static render markup with render. So I'm curious um, about like some of the implementation of each of these. So shallow, like what what the result is, is is just virtual DOM, an object, uh, you, and you can validate my assumptions here. And full DOM rendering, like what you're traversing is actual DOM, um, and then in static, what you're traversing is like HTML string. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, so for for shallow, uh, we we internally use the the shallow renderer. Um, although though we may we may end up moving to our uh, a kind of a forked implementation of it, um, but but that would require us to access more React internals. Um, and in that case, we're we're just sort of traversing um, you know a, a, an object. Um, in the case of uh, rendering the DOM, we're we're traversing the same way. Um, we're traversing the same way that that like actual React does. Um, so we 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 uh, hitch on the the backing instance and and kind of walk down the tree that way. So we're not actually uh, traversing DOM nodes or anything, even though they they do exist um, in memory. Um, and then uh, render. Sorry, Leland. With it, uh, let me understand that a little more fully. Do, uh, does that mean you? So if you're walking down the DOM node tree. Does that mean you guys need find DOM node to like, uh, it, in order for that to work? Uh, no. So we I, I, the only reason we I start... ask is because I saw some conversation recently. Uh, I think Dan Abramov tweeted the other day. He's like, "Are people using find DOM node, or can we get rid of it?" And I was like, "Huh. I guess maybe you could get rid of it, it using like the ref callback." Thing. Anyway, it was just when you said that, I kind of thought, I wondered, oh, I wonder if there's a, you know, a real valid use case that Enzyme has for find DOM node there. Um, yeah, there's actually not. We 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 have an API that allows you to get the actual DOM node of a, of like an Enzyme node, um, which uses find DOM node, but uh, the actual traversal and all of that uh, just uses the. Um, the the internal instance 
uh, from React and, and kind of walks down in memory objects, not not anything held by the DOM. Okay, cool. Smart. That 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 sounds smart. Sorry, I um, I I I got you off track. Uh, what was your question, Kent? Where yeah, were no you problem. guys? Yeah, yeah. So um, we we talked about you. So on shallow rendering, you're you're traversing an object, uh, and on and and you're using React to do that. On full DOM rendering, you're you're still actually traversing the the components, not not the DOM as much. And then static. Um, what are you traversing uh, to? Like when I say wrapper dot find on um, a statically rendered thing, you're just traverse. Like, what are you using to traverse the HTML? Cheerio. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so with uh, with render, we're actually kind of cheating because the uh, parsing HTML is uh, kind of a, a pretty tricky business, and um, someone else has already done it much much better than than I felt we could. So. Uh, uh, re realistically, all I'm doing is is uh, wrapping um, wrapping the statically rendered output of of the component tree into Cheerio, and then returning the Cheerio wrapper. Uh, Cheerio is kind of a, a jQuery um, a jQuery esque like HTML parser uh, that that works in in Node and any environment. Man, Wait, I might have just enter HTML just, something. Um, can't you just can't you just parse HTML with like a regular expression or something? <laughs> like, could you just, I mean, could yeah. you just like figure out a really yeah, it's clever... like oh man. You guys know you guys know the Stack Overflow post about that, right? Yeah. Uh, you'll yeah. have to link us to that later. Yeah. That's that's one that's of the milestones. One. Oh, <laughs> we're almost out. Hey, we got ten seconds. How'd you come up with the name Enzyme? Uh, gosh, the the name was uh, kind of a big mess. It's like the fourth name that this library has had. Um, we, we, I don't know if you guys remember this. When we first released it, it there's uh, we we picked a, a reagent, which is the name of a, a popular ClojureScript library, and and we didn't really do our due diligence there. Uh, so we ended up renaming it to Enzyme, um, which is kind of another sort of chemistry themed, um. You know, name and and we just liked it. It wasn't wasn't that uh, interesting of a choice. Hmm. Well, cool. I think it's an <laughs> awesome name. I love it. <laughs> Thanks. What do enzymes? Well, do hey, you like? Leland. We just want to say um, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I mean, it's obvious that you've done a ton of great work here and done a lot of uh, deep thinking about you know testing in React, how to improve it. Um, you're doing a great service to the community, to your company, um, to all of us. So, thank you so much, and thanks for being on the show. And uh, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> See you we'll next see time.